0: Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, the message version by Eugene Peterson. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Front Porch Candor. Today is March 2nd, 2020. Welcome. I'm so thankful that God has allowed me to return for another chat and pray that all is well in your world as it is in mine. Jesus is real, and that's the good news. It brings order to a noisy, chaotic, and sometimes mean-spirited world. God is in control, so if it's too dark out there for you, share His light. Today's episode is titled, Hashtag Christian Votes and Christian Voices. As we, as a country, endeavor to move through yet another voting season, we all have a say in the matter of who will lead us forward, or perhaps who will continue to lead us backwards. Grab a chair, a cool drink, or a hot cup of tea, and let's get started. Okay then, so I want to dispel the notion that somehow Christians are not allowed to have opinions or at least voice them out loud concerning issues impacting our families, communities, or country in the world. I want to put an emphasis on the fact that Christians are exactly the ones who are supposed to speak out on any issue that impacts human beings, or at least have an opinion on it and care about it. After all, these are things of God. Humanity. These are the reasons, we are the reasons, that Christ came to save our sin-sick souls. So if there are issues that are impacting the least among us, we know from Scripture that we are supposed to have a voice in it. Our vote is often our vote voice. So again, my belief is that Christians are Christians no matter where they are, and You can't put it aside for your job. You can't put it aside in the voting booth. And you certainly can't put it aside in the world as you go about your daily activities. The government by design carries heavy weight in human issues. Human issues, of course, being God's business. How can we even begin to imagine that we should first put man's ideas, principles or laws ahead of what is God's law? What would Jesus do, in other words, right? So I look and I say, well, if I follow Jesus Christ's example, and I'm thinking about Mary and Joseph, they had to go back and, you know, fulfill the census, just as the census is coming out and we're expected to do that. The census helps determine how much representation we get in different areas. So again, the census is in a way our vote. Well we follow that up, we're going into the voting booth. Jesus himself spoke truth to power. You think about how he spoke regarding the Pharisees and the scribes, and we have to understand that no matter where we are, we have to remember whose we are. As children of God, we are to make sure that the voices of the voiceless are heard. And who better to do it than people who actually have no ulterior motive other than to ensure fairness and equitable justice amongst all people. As a Christian first, a mother, a minister, a life coach trying to enrich the lives of those I come in contact with, and an advocate who often hears from the average person on the street in my daily activities. People who are hurting and suffering silently, who try to reach out and make their voices heard, but often get lost in the shuffle. These are the people that God often leads me to. And I believe that when I cast my vote, if I cast my vote only for my own well-being, then it will be one individual who can help my life. But if I cast my vote thinking about others, including my family, but also others in the world who often don't have that vote, then I believe that I'm doing what Jesus would ask me to do. And while I don't judge anybody else for how they go into the voting booth, at least get up and go into the voting booth. You know, stand there and make your presence known. Because at the end of the day, if there is interference again in this election, at least the faces will show. Those 140 million that Dr. William Barber talks about, who did not go vote, not only do they not have any voice in the matter, but we have to find out what's preventing them from voting as well. You know, If there are obstacles that get in the way, then there are those of us, especially as me as a Christian, I feel compelled to help them get to the voting booth. So that's what I will endeavor to do over the next several weeks. Uh, I will be going to a voter's training session coming up and i invite others to come along and it's on my facebook page for those of you who don't know vanessa johnson uh you will see my name along with my demographics as a life coach and a mother and a child of god but i invite each one of you to know how valuable your vote is in this season right here especially i look at different times in our history and i realize that this isn't unlike the time when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. walked the planet. And here we see Reverend Barber picking up where he left off and carrying the torch forward. What I would hope is that unlike Dr. King, who had to deal with struggles within his own community, struggles trying to fight against a system that was you know, dealt strictly, for the majority and not the minority, and whose life was often put in jeopardy. I would hope that we would coalesce around a leader who is saying, let's take a look at what is being done to those who are poor, those who are oppressed, marginalized, we're talking about immigrants, we're talking about the elderly, children, you know, widows, and even single parents who are often shoved aside and looked at as if they're somehow less than. And I I, I look at each one of us, because oftentimes people say, well, there's no harm in having money. It's not that, it's about what you do with that money and how you value that money above people. When you get to that point, then you see great suffering in societies. And I think that's where we are right now, when you take a look at what's happened in our country. You know, I'm out there on the streets like so many other people, and I do see as I'm going about my daily business. I talk to individuals who work in the neighborhood markets, making $7.25 an hour. It's the second job, usually. Often they have children. They work alone in dangerous conditions. They work when it's cold in the stores, then, you know, it's because of the fact that they can't run the heat. When they need to when it's hot in the summer they can't run the air when they need to they're working three or four different positions the cash register the floor cleaning the bathrooms and when you look at how hard they work and then you hear oh everybody's employed they can't even afford health care you know health care is outpriced some to hear someone making seven dollars and seventy five cents or seven dollars and fifty cents an hour be confronted with a healthcare bill that might be, you know, $500 a month. No one can afford that. So people are getting more and more sick. The seniors are living off $750 a month. And I like to put the numbers out there so you can understand. The average cost of rent in this area is about the average cost for lower income rent. It's about $725 to $750 typically 800 to 900. So how in the world can they afford to live with utilities? At times being about maybe $400 all combined up to $500. And now we understand that the program to help those who cannot afford their utility bills may have been cut off. The money's been taken there to fight the coronavirus. We found that out last week and I'm addressing all these issues from a standpoint not of Democrat, liberal, conservative, Republican, I'm addressing these issues as a humane situation in crisis because I know what it's like to walk in and see an individual who has never been diagnosed or seen and is hurting and hiding because they cannot afford to go into the hospitals to get help. This is um, the reality of a lot of people. And I think it's sad because this is America. And America has never stood for that. This is, is not a third world country. This isn't a cruel country, a heartless country. This is our country. And because it is... It's time for us to make our voices known if we care about people like we say we do. If we are one great melting pot or have we somehow discovered that we want to separate the pot. And I think that the hurt that is expressed by the average everyday person on the street when we talk to each other face to face is something that we often hide because we feel like we have to be on the defense and can't let a guard down and just tell the truth. But this is a grave time in our country's history. This is a time when if you don't value God's truth, then you're going to run amok because nobody at the top is telling us that we have to behave better. In fact, we've been shown in the last three years that anything goes. As a parent of a child with different abilities, I do not appreciate having anyone mock my child. I don't care if you're the President of the United States or if you're, you know, a child at school, but I can handle and I can understand what happens amongst peers. But when you are a leader and have taken on a leadership position in this country, we behave better I would probably say in the 1970s and 80s than we're behaving right now. The partisanship is about power. You cannot be a leader and say you will not work with someone. You will see to it that anything they try to do to improve the human condition is blocked and you proceed to do it. So when we look at where we are today, it's hard for me to understand how I could not vote. Our kids are watching our behaviors. I've got two individuals in my household, my wonderful daughters, who will be voting for the second time. And I could not be more proud of the fact that they have taken the time to learn what the issues are and they have opinions on them. And what's more, as quiet as they are, they're willing to stand up and say before whomever, I'm casting my vote and it needs to count. Now, if it doesn't count, I've already told them this year, Russia can't have my vote. No one can because it must be counted. If it is not counted, then they understand the power of the the people. They understand how important it is for us to show our faces, whether it is in the middle of the square, whether it's down in the middle of a broad street, wherever it is, we have to get out and say, not this time. So then what I'm really eager about is it's not just, you know, me and my daughters, three of us, where two or three gather, hello, in the mist. But it's not just that. I meet others who are eager to make their voices known, to say my voice will count, to get out and learn how to use new machines and to not be afraid and hide in the shadows anymore. I have um, an upcoming series, and I, I, I don't know if you would call it a series, but I have individuals from this community who are ready to speak, and say why their vote vote is important and what they're looking for in a candidate and to also share how it's going to impact them and how what's been going on impacts them whatever it is the average person wants to share is what i hope to bring through this podcast because i think Too often we've been told, especially as an African-American woman, I can only speak from that experience, but I can imagine others are told to sit down and be quiet. You talk too much. Yeah, well, I do talk too much, but I'm an advocate, so I'm supposed to. I was called to be who I am. And so I know that there's there's so many others who I've spoken to who are also called to speak in this season. Their life stories command that they do. And their witness is so strong that I hope and pray that many of you will identify with it and will also be led to then add your voice. Because it matters. Regardless of who tells you that it does not, there's nothing more powerful than speaking up your truth with love, but saying enough. And in this season right now, I believe that we can make a difference just by doing that. So with that, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Front Porch Candor. It will be with an individual, and there are so many that I cannot tell you which one, but there there are individuals who actually want to add their voices to this cause, to making sure that others come out and vote, to making sure that we're not afraid anymore to stand up and say we matter, and that we care, and we don't wanna be divided as a country. As a community, you know, our families, we don't want them to be heavily impacted by what's going on because somebody at the top does not care for us and has not shown care for us. So with that, this is my opinion. And I want to say that I would never voice it were it not Holy Spirit led. And I hope and pray that as you consider this season and what it means to our country and what it also means to the world because remember other eyes are watching and however easy it is to infiltrate a country and has been with Russia others are watching it's been determined that that is a fact not fiction not fake news so we have to face that and say what are we going to do about it as Joe Madison says you know I'm joining Reverend William Barber The second, I'm going to join his Poor People's Campaign, and I'm going to put forth the effort to make a difference, however I am led, and I hope that you will too. Please take a look at, uh, excuse me, take a listen to the next podcast, which will feature one of your community members being a Christian voice and having their Christian vote. Thank you. God bless.